Hi there, and welcome to Proverbs 31 Wannabe, where we discuss biblical womanhood in her constantly busy and sometimes crazy daily life. I'm Alexis Heeslip, and as a wife and mother of two, I am always striving and praying to be a Proverbs 31 woman of faith. We are continuing in our discussion on the fruit of the Spirit, and today we will be looking at kindness. Now, I know some of you are probably thinking, why did you skip over patience? But... I wanted to save patience for last because that is the fruit of the spirit that I struggle personally the most with. So I felt like I wanted to save that one for last so I could have a lot of time to reflect on uh, patience. So today we are going to be looking at kindness and what kindness is and what biblical kindness is and what that means for us as Christians in this world. So we have a lot to cover. Let's dive on in. It's going to be great. As a parent, how many times have you said, be kind to your brother, be kind to your friend? Why weren't you kind to your neighbor? I feel like as a mom to a five-year-old boy, I say that a lot. Be kind to your sister. And I just say that, but have I ever really taken the time to explain what kindness is? What does it mean to be kind? How can we be kind? What do we look to to be kind? And you know, that's something I've never actually explained to my children. Like, what does it mean to be kind? And I feel like that's, you know, that's kind of important. We tell, we say kind kind of flippantly, you know, but we really, as parents, as moms, as women, we need to know what it, what does it actually mean to be kind so that we can first be that example for other people. And second, when a child asks us or anyone asks us, well, what does that even mean? We can give them an answer. So the first thing we're going to look at is what is it, what is biblical kindness and where does it come from? So according to my Amplified Study Bible, uh, kindness means a hospitable, friendly attitude towards others. Okay, sweet. A hospitable, friendly attitude towards others. That is so easier said than done. So I know that as people, we can't just pull this kindness from our own hearts because we are sinful by nature, but we can look to God and we can see how he shows us kindness and how he shows people kindness and then use him as the example for how we ought to be. So God gives us kindness and he does this in many ways. He provides all of our needs and shows us kindness even though and even when we sin. And this goes all the way back to Genesis with Adam and Eve. You see, even after Adam and Eve sinned and they committed the first sin and they were thrown out of the garden and God was so upset with them and sad because they weren't able to walk with him anymore in paradise. He still was kind to them because he loved them even though they messed up and made mistakes. So even though he was telling Adam and Eve they had to leave the garden, in Genesis 3, chapter 21, we can see it says, The Lord God made tunics 
for Adam and Eve and clothed them. And that was an act of kindness, of being friendly and hospitable. Even though they committed the first sin and they disobeyed the Lord, and when they realized they were naked, they were embarrassed, God provided for them and provided their needs. Even though he was really upset with them, he was kind. Another example can be found in the book of Hosea. So let's turn there. It's Hosea chapter 11. If I can make it there. And it is verses 1 through 12. And Hosea is a minor prophet. And I love the book of Hosea. I feel like I could do a whole podcast series on the book of Hosea. But this is what it says. It says, when Israel was a child, I loved him and I called my son out of Egypt. The more the prophets came to repentance and called them to repentance, the more they went away from them. They kept sacrificing to the Baals and burning incense to the carved images. Yet it is I who taught Ephraim to walk, taking them in my arms. But they did not know that I healed them. I led them gently with cords of a man whose bonds with bonds of love guiding them. And I was to them as one who lifts up and eases the yoke over their jaws. And I bent down to them and fed them. They will not return to the land of Egypt, but Assyria will be their king because they refuse to return to me. The sword will whirl against and fall on their cities and will demolish the bars of their gates and fortifications and will consume them because of their counsels. My people are bent on turning from me. Though the prophets call to them, the one on high, none at all exalts him. How can I give you up, O Ephraim? How can I surrender you, O Israel? How can I make you like Adma? How can I treat you like Zeboim? My heart recoils within me. All my compassions are kindled together. I will not execute the fierceness of my anger. I will not return to Ephraim to destroy him again, for I am God and not man, the Holy One in your midst. They will walk after the Lord, who will roar like a lion. He will roar and his sons will come trembling from the west. They will come trembling and hurriedly like birds of Egypt and like doves from the land of Assyria, and I will settle them in their land, in their houses, declares the Lord. Ephraim surrounds me with lies and the house of Israel with deceit. Judah is also unruly against God, even against the faithful Holy One. So this was at the time during the kings of Israel and of Judah, and God was just heartbroken because even though the Lord has shown them mercy and kindness over and over again, the people of this land do not rest in him or put their trust in him. And even though God could do whatever he wanted to and ultimately destroy them, he chooses not to because he remembers his promises and he is filled with kindness towards them and wants to ease their yoke. Um, So he will send them strife because of their issues and they will be overtaken by the Assyrians and the Babylonians. 
and they will be brought into captivity. But he does this because he loves them and to bring them back to him. And that is another example of how the Lord provides all of our needs, even when it's a need that is a hard one for us to grasp. And there's another example of this in the New Testament in the book of Acts. And it's Acts chapter 14, verses 15 through 17. And these verses is during a time when Paul was in Greece and he was ministering to people, to the Jewish people in Greece, as well as to the uh, polytheists in Greece who didn't know the Lord and how they wanted to show kindness to everyone and how they were trying to convert to show them share the message of Jesus with not just the Jews but also the Gentiles in Greece and so Acts chapter 14 verses 15 through 17 and it starts with this men why are you doing these things we too are only men of the same nature as you bringing the good news to you so that you may turn away from these useless and meaningless things and turn to the living God who made the heaven and the earth and sea and everything that was in them. In generations past, he permitted all the nations to go their own ways, yet he did not leave himself without some witnesses. In that, he kept constantly doing good things and showing you kindness and giving you rains from heaven and productive seasons, filling your hearts with food and happiness. Even saying these words with difficulty, they prevented people from offering sacrifices to them. You see, the, the, Paul here wanted to remind people that, yes, the Jewish people are the chosen people of the Lord, but the God loves everyone and he provided for everyone even before he sent Jesus. Um, he had witnesses throughout the world from the Old Testament and the, the people and he provided rain and food for everyone, not just the Jewish nations, because God is kind and loves everyone. And he provided everyone's needs. I also love how we can see that God provides kindness because he is compassionate, he is faithful, and he gives salvation. And we can see this all throughout scripture. And I first want us to look to see how the Lord truly is compassionate. And we can see this in Isaiah, in the book of Isaiah, in chapter 54, verses 4 through 10, which say, and this is also, by the way, one of my ultimate favorite passages in scripture, because it's, you'll see, it's just so amazing. And it says, do not fear, for you will not be put to shame. And do not feel humiliated or ashamed, for you will not be disgraced. For you will forget the shame of your youth, and you will no longer remember the disgrace of your widowhood. For your husband is your maker. The Lord of hosts is his name, and your Redeemer is the Holy One of Israel, who is called the God of the whole earth. For the Lord has called you like a wife who has been abandoned, grieved in spirit, and like a wife in her youth, when she is later rejected and scorned, says your God. For a brief moment I abandoned you, 
but with great compassion and mercy I will gather you. And in outbursts of wrath I hid my face from you for a moment, but with everlasting kindness I will have compassion on you, says the Lord your Redeemer. For this is like the waters of Noah to me, as I swore an oath that the waters of Noah would not flood the earth again. In the same way, I have sworn that I will not be angry with you, nor will I rebuke you, for the mountains may be removed and the hills may shake, but my loving kindness will not be removed from you, nor will I make my covenant of peace be shaken, says the Lord who has compassion on you. You see, even though the people of Israel, just like I was talking about in the book of Hosea, um, They made some big mistakes. They turned their backs on God. They were worshiping false idols. But our God is a God of compassion. And even though we made these errors and went against his commandments, he is a God of compassion and loves us through this. I also love how our God is faithful. And we can see this in 1 Kings which I know, First Kings, I feel like that's a book of the Bible that a lot of people shudder the thought of looking at because a lot of people feel like it's just a bunch of lists of names and it can get a little overwhelming with all the names. But there are some nuggets of gold in First and Second Kings as well as First and Second Chronicles when you take the time to look and appreciate it. And this is one of them, 1 Kings chapter 3, verses 6 through 9. And this is after David has died and his son Solomon has taken over to be king. And he cried out to God, um, Solomon did. Now this is before his little mess up of marrying thousands of women. But this just shows how Solomon did cry out to the Lord. And 6 through 9, it says, Then Solomon said, You have shown your servant David, my father, great loving kindness, because he walked before your, you in faithfulness and righteousness and with uprightness of heart toward you. And you have kept for him this great loving kindness, and that you have given him a son to sit on his throne, as it is today. So now, O Lord my God, you have made your servant king in place of David my father. And as for me, I am but a little boy in wisdom and experience. I do not know how to go out or come in. Your servant is among your people whom you have chosen, a great people who are too many to be numbered or counted. So give your servant an understanding mind and a hearing heart to judge your people so that I may discern between good and evil for who is able to judge and rule this great people of yours. You see, Solomon asked for wisdom from the Lord because he knew that our God is a God who is faithful and God wanted the people of Israel to succeed and God was pleased with Solomon's prayer and he did give him wisdom. He did give him wisdom. Um, But I do want to point out, even though the Lord did grant him wisdom, Solomon still made some pretty big mistakes. And because of that, the kingdom did end up being divided. But Solomon did turn to the Lord and the Lord was faithful. And the Lord gave him this wisdom, even though he knew Solomon would make some pretty big mistakes. And 
that is just why I love how the Lord is compassionate. He is faithful, but he also gives us salvation in Jesus. And I am so grateful he does. And we can see this um, played out in scripture by looking at, first of all, the gospels, obviously. But another place that you might not think about looking is in the book of Titus, which is in the New Testament. And it's a little book, but it's a powerful book. And I'm just uh, flipping there. It's Titus chapter 3, verses 3 and 7. And these verses say, For we too once were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved to various sinful desires and pleasures, spending and wasting our life in malice and envy, hateful, hating one another. But when the goodness and kindness of God our Savior and his love for mankind appeared, he saved us, not because of any works of righteousness that we have done, but because of his own compassion and mercy by the cleansing of new birth and renewing by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out richly upon us through Jesus Christ our Savior, so that we could be justified by his grace and that we would be acknowledged and made heirs of eternal life according to our hope. Wow, what a powerful little passage of scripture that is. Because our Lord is kind and he shows kindness to us, even though we don't are sinners and we don't deserve it, we have salvation and we have hope through Jesus. And this just leads us in to the fact that we need to not only soak up this kindness from the Lord and take it in and take it to our hearts and obey, but we need to be kind too because we are commanded to be kind. We need to be kind. And this is commanded to us in scripture. We see this throughout scripture in um, 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Verse 6, we are told that in purity and sincerity and knowledge and spiritual insight and patience and kindness and the Holy Spirit and genuine love, we are commanded as servants of God to do these things. We are also told that and commanded by the Lord to be kind in Second Peter in verses in uh second peter chapter 1 verses 5 through 7 which tells us for this very reason applying your diligence in your faith to develop moral excellence and moral excellence knowledge and in your knowledge self-control and in your self-control steadfastness and in your steadfastness godliness and in your godliness, brotherly affection, and in your brotherly affection, love. We are called to be kind. And we can show our kindness in many ways. We can show our kindness by having a forgiving heart when someone wrongs you. And we can see that throughout scripture. Like the way Joseph in Genesis 50 uh, verses 18 through 21, he forgave his brothers after they threw him down and enslaved him into Egypt. 
he forgave them anyway. And in the New Testament, we hear in Matthew how Jesus tells us we are to love our enemies and pray for those who persecute us. So we can do, we can have kindness by having a forgiving heart. We can also show kindness to others and be kind by helping others. For example, the Good Samaritan, he helped his enemy, someone who would be described as an enemy. He was helpful. He stopped what he was doing and he helped, even though it was inconvenient and out of his way. Another uh, passage of scripture that talks about helping is in Proverbs, and it is chapter 19, verse 17, which tells us, if I can flip to it, here we go. He who is gracious and lends a hand to the poor lends to the Lord, and the Lord will repay him for his good deed. And I, this is a really powerful passage of scripture because it tells us that when we are being kind to others, we are helping the Lord. And it kind of also reminds me, you know, of Les Miserables when um, the famous quote, to love another person is to see the face of God. When we help the stranger, when we are helping those in need, when we are helping the poor, we are helping God. We are doing his work. And by doing that, we can grow closer to him. And a last example of this is found that I really do want to share is found in 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 7. And this is after David triumphed against Saul. And he could have destroyed everyone in Saul's family, but instead instead he shows kindness to Mephos oh, I'm going to mispronounce this name Mephibosheth and he was friends with Saul's son and he wanted to show kindness out for Jonathan's sake and um, so he did he did show kindness he showed kindness to Jonathan's son, even though he didn't have to. And I wanted to share this study note with you. And it says, David wrote in Psalm 23, 5, you prepare a table for me in the presence of my enemies. And that is just what David did for Mephibosheth, for the sake of his father, Jonathan. Jonathan and David were separated by hostility because of Saul. And as far as Meshiboseth would have understood, David was an enemy to the house of Saul. But the bond of love and friendship that David and Jonathan had was greater than the hostility of Saul. And David was faithful to honor these bonds. And you see, this is what the Lord wants us to do for everyone. We should be kind. We should show kindness and mercy to everyone. Because no matter what, we are all made in the image and likeness of God. And this is so important for us to be examples for our children. And we need to teach this to our children. And this goes back to what I said in the first week of the Fruit of the Spirit. This goes back to Shema and to the Ten Commandments that we need to be teaching this to our children day and night, night and day, so that 
we can impart on the next generation the importance of what it means to be a follower of the Lord and how we can have an impact on the world. And we can't do this without the Lord. That is so important. We need to show everyone around us that we can't have the fruits of the Spirit and in our hearts and live it out to the world unless we have God. And that is the main message here, that we can't do this alone. We need the Lord. We can't have kindness in our heart or show kindness to others without first turning to the Lord. Lord, thank you so much for showing us kindness by having compassion in your heart, by being faithful, and by giving us salvation, even though we were sinners. Lord, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And that is the ultimate act of love and kindness right there, that you would send your son into this world of broken men so that we can have salvation in you. Lord, I thank you for that gift. And I pray that as we live our lives day to day, that we can walk in a way where we show kindness to others, where we show kindness to people who hurt us by forgiving them, while we show kindness to our enemies and that we pray for those who hurt us and that we can be a light in the world that is so full of darkness and where there is not a lot of kindness. Lord, thank you so much for reminding us that kindness is a fruit that we bring forth when we rest in you. Amen. Thank you so much for listening to Proverbs 31 Wannabe. We hope you enjoyed the program. If you did like us, please go ahead and give us a like, give us a little comment, find us on Instagram, on Facebook, our YouTube channel, give us a little subscribe, ring that bell, and comment for us. We would love to hear from you guys. Um, Join us next week as we continue our discussion on the fruits of the Spirit as we talk about goodness and what it means to have goodness in your heart. Until then, this is Alexis Heeslip, and I hope you have a great rest of your day. God bless. Mm -hmm.